Welcome back to Living Lab Radio. I'm Heather Goldstone. If you read the descriptions on a bottle of wine, you might find phrases like hints of cherry or notes of chocolate or herbal aromas. Of course, there are no cherries or chocolate or herbs in most wines. This is just the language that's developed to describe the complex flavors of wines. One of the most basic aspects of a wine's taste is its sweetness or dryness. And like all those other adjectives, dryness is generally determined by highly subjective human tasters. My next guest would like to change that. Aud Waterloo is an assistant professor of enology, that's the science of wine, at Iowa State University, and she's trying to develop a physical or chemical way to measure the dryness of wine. Aud, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's just start with this word, dry. Why is that the opposite of sweet as opposed to something like bitter or savory? So I think dryness is... Uh, including a lot of different um, things. like So it can be the opposite of sweetness. Usually that's what people tend to use, uh, this type of term. So usually people, when they taste wine, mostly uh, white wine, they try to identify if the wine is sweet or if it's dry. So dry in this case corresponds to the opposite of sweet. So it just means, like, for example, a Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc would be considered dry compared to a Riesling that would be sweet. But in fact, dryness is not only sweetness or the opposite of sweetness. It's a little bit more complicated. (laughs) Right. I mean, if if all it were were just sugar levels, that would seem quite easy to measure chemically. You could just go measure the sugar levels in a wine. So what are some of the other factors that you think are playing into uh, a human taster saying that a wine tastes or or is perceived as dry? So mostly in red wine, there are compounds responsible for dryness or astringency. Most of the time we talk about astringency, which is uh, the reduction of lubrication in mouth when you drink red wine. So it's similar to when you drink a coffee or if you drink a green tea. So in green tea, there is the same compound responsible for this astringency perception. So it's in this case, it's not based on the the opposite of sweetness. It's just based on those molecules in red wine that will just uh, dry your mouth. That's why you will call the wine dry. So obviously things like sugar and those tannins are things that are naturally found in the grapes. Um, The sugar, of course, through the process of fermentation is turned into alcohol, or at least a a large portion of it is. What happens to the tannins in the process of fermentation? So the tannins come from the skins of the grapes, and they are extracted during Um, maceration of the must and also during fermentation. So at the end in the wine you will have the tannins coming from the skins that will be extracted but during all the winemaking process there are different steps where those tannins can be removed. So that's why in different type of wine, red wine, you have different concentration of tannin. Just because, for example, during fining um, of the wine, you use protein to remove all those different particles uh, that you don't want in your finished wine. 
And so by adding a protein that would interact uh, with the tannin and so precipitate and that would just remove a lot of tannins from um, like during all your process. So in your wine, finished wine, you will have still tannins, but lower amount than what you had in your grapes. So Odd Waterloo, if you're trying to develop a chemical or physical way to measure dryness, uh, tannins seem like an obvious place to go, maybe sugar as well. So what kinds of things did you try measuring to see if you could get at this you know, very subjective thing that we tend to call dryness? So what we already know and what is commonly used in chemistry to relay the astringency or dryness perception from wine to the perception of people is a method that uses the precipitation of tannins with a protein or with a polysaccharide. And that's how we can precipitate and measure the concentration of tannin that we have in the wine. And we know that this precipitation is pretty well related to the astringency perceived by consumers. But in fact, this method, it's a chemical method, but just taking into account the precipitation or like interaction and precipitation with those uh, two large molecules. But in reality, when you drink wine, you don't just swallow the wine. You do movement of your tongue in your mouth just so it's making some friction between your tongue and palate. Hmm. And so you have friction happening between all your mixture, like saliva, and also the wine. And so I try to identify how those friction can modify the astringency perception and how we can relate really what is happening in mouth to what is perceived by people. I never really thought of taking a a sip of wine as such a complex chemical and physical process. (laughs) So what did you find when it comes to friction and how that relates to the dryness of a wine? So wine is not only tannin. Uh, So we said at the beginning, it can have sugar that will influence the dryness perception. Also, the alcohol can modify this dryness sensation. So that's pretty complicated to identify exactly what is going on and how to find the perfect method to measure the astringency perception. Just because, so what we observed by this physical method was the opposite that what we expected. So in fact, we expected to have, um, like, when the friction, so we did friction measurement between two surfaces with saliva and wine to see how the concentration of tannin in the wines was influencing this um, friction measurement and how it can be related to astringency. So when you have a high concentration of tannin in your wine, you're supposed to have a high astringency perception or like high dryness sensation. So when you do friction measurement, we expect it to have something that reduced the lubricity. So the more tannin we had in the wine, we expect it to have a, um, a friction forces like much higher because mm-hmm. it's reducing the lubricity. But we observe the opposite to that. So with the wine that contained a lot, a lot of tannin, we had a lower friction 
compared to the dryness sensation that was perceived by the consumer. Fascinating. Yeah, so I think it just because there are so many components in the wine, like the wine matrix is really complex. So other components may interfere in these uh, physical parameters. Given how complicated it is at a chemical and physical level, how accurate or consistent are human perceptions of dryness? I mean, if you're comparing this to what humans perceive, are they all over the map? Or do people have a pretty consistent, yep, that's dry, I know that's dry, and I know that's sweet? Uh, So everyone has a different perception of dryness, especially because we don't have the same behavior, like the same culture. We don't drink, we don't eat the same thing, and we don't have the same composition of saliva. Like protein that we have in saliva is different for everyone, like in terms of concentration, in terms of types of proteins. So what do you use in your experiments for saliva? You said you're you know, using saliva and wine in your friction experiments. Where does that come from? So I started to use real saliva collected from volunteers, but it's kind of complicated. So you need to use a large pool of saliva just to make sure you're reducing the variation of this type of proteins. Um, But most of the time in chemistry, we use a, a model. So we use a protein that is common in all saliva, with like a specific concentration. So we use a motor just to try to mimic what we have in real life. Faux saliva. Yeah, it's like false saliva. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so but back to this question of how consistent are people's perceptions of dryness? Uh, mm-hmm. You were saying that, you know, everybody's saliva is different, everybody's tastes and, and the food and the culture is different. So does... Where does that leave us with regard to assessing dryness? So when we do sensory experiments, so we use panelists, so we use consumers, but in order to identify exactly how the astringency or dryness perception uh, is for all the consumers that we have in our panel, we train them. So we spend like few hours with them Uh, giving them some standard based on a specific concentration of tannin and they have to taste it or they have to smell different aromas because aroma can also modify the perception that we have of dryness in wine. So we give them standard just to make sure we try to like calibrate them to know Uh, to make sure they will be able to identify exactly what we are looking for in the wines. So obviously, that's not exactly what happens in real life. Like when everyone drinks wine, they are not trained before. (laughs) So, yeah, so the perception would be obviously different. But what we try to see is really trying to compare what is the perception. Like for someone that knows wine, especially winemakers, because my work is to help winemakers to improve the wine quality. So we try to um, make sure we will find the way to explain what is astringency to people. So let's say for sweetness, people will perceive different sweetness level based on what they used to drink or what they used to to eat. But we can always say 
like if you drink this type of wine, let's say a Cabernet Sauvignon, you expect to have this level of sweetness. So that would be the same with dryness. We know in chemistry, but also with sensory, most of consumers that drink Cabernet Sauvignon, they will perceive a certain level of uh, astringency. So usually consumers is able to know that a Cabernet Sauvignon would be really dry compared to like a white wine or compared to a Pinot Noir. Aude Waterloo is an assistant professor of enology at Iowa State University. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. And that's our show. Until next week, I'm Heather Goldstone. Thanks for listening. Living Lab Radio is produced by WCAI in Woods Hole and WGBH in Boston. It's produced by me, Elsa Partan, and Heather Goldstone is executive producer. Theme music by Stellwagen Symphonette.